Welcome to Debt Free Degree, the podcast that can help you help your teen attend college with less debt and more success. Denise's two homeschooled kids attended college on $199,000 in scholarships for four years debt free with cash left over. We're starting a movement to help all parents figure this out so you and your teen can rest easy and look forward to living the life of your dreams. Now here's your host, Denise Thomas. Welcome to Debt-Free Degree. In today's episode, I'll be talking with two experts on the safety and security of your family, internet security and the consequences of complacency. A lot has changed in the world since we raised my kids. The internet has changed and we no longer have the just identity theft to be concerned with. Crime is not relegated to the dark of night. And the internet crime has a way of making it into the real world. Unfortunately, we tend to be a little too at ease with our safety and even with the safety of our kids. Not intentionally. We simply don't know. Well, in this episode, this is for families, families of all ages, young children, teens, college students, and adults. Internet security affects us all. My guest includes Lisa Harnold and Brandy Taylor. Lisa Harnold is the director of the Center for Online Safety and helps families end the fighting over screen time. Her biggest teachers are her three tech-loving teens and tweens. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much, Denise. Good to be here. My second guest is Brandy Taylor. Brandy's expertise is the safety of teens and college kids, as well as adults with emphasis on military families. Welcome, Brandy. Hey, Denise. Good to see you both. All right, well, Lisa, let's begin with the younger kids, if you don't mind. Tell us why you got involved in this arena. Ooh, that's such a good question. My background is uh, I'm a CPA and I'm a business strategist. I love that arena. And a couple of years ago, I have a 16, 14, and 11-year-old now. A couple of years ago, I realized that my kids were really struggling with um, the internet in general, with what's appropriate online, um, what happened my the final straw, the reason that I'm doing this work is because I had another mom contact me to say that one of my kids was doing inappropriate things online. And I was floored because I felt like I was doing everything right. I already had an internet filter and I'd already talked to my kids about good behavior online and I didn't know what else I could even be doing. And, um, when I started talking to my friends about, hey, what are you guys doing? They all gave me the deer in the headlights look like, uh, we know we should be doing something, but it's too confusing. It's too hard to get started. I don't know what to do. And I decided right then I needed to dive in, abruptly change my career path for a little while and um, help. I see so many parents, so many families struggling with screen time and the power struggle that it becomes that I want to do my part. So my background uh, in the last 10 years, I've become a certified parenting educator through the positive discipline model. And um, I am happy to be in this arena now. Fantastic. Well, you said that you had come across some issues with your own children. And of course, that thrust you into this area. What were you able to find out in your research? What can parents do? And before we figure out what to do about it, what are the problems that we're facing? What is it that people are, are up against? What are the problems? 
most parents don't understand that the default is not safety for their kids. The default is complete chaos. We're in the, the cowboy era, the wild west of the internet, and kids are not safe. Uh, it starts as early as the first time a parent hands their kid a phone. Maybe it's a toddler. Maybe you've got a toddler and you're just trying to buy five minutes to get through Costco or to get out of you know, the store. You need that five minutes. You hand over your phone, give them the YouTube. It's completely safe. But they're still just a click away from the default, which is not safety, which is um, complete chaos and things that they should not be seeing. So my message for uh, parents with really young kids is every device that your, your child could come across needs to have a filter on it, needs to be set up for child safety. And the default is not in five years. I hope, I hope that the default is safety and you've got to you know, go out of your way to be unsafe. Right now that's not true without a strong filter. Uh, your child is in danger of seeing things that are inappropriate, of being uh, attracting child predators, uh, of hate speech, and things they just don't need to be exposed to. I never even thought about bullying also takes place over the internet, you know, on yeah. their personal cell phones. There's just so many different avenues of departure from what's good, unfortunately. And, departure from, and here's the other thing. It's invisible. The behavior is invisible. Mm. And so parents don't have that. If I see something in real life, I know to intervene. I know if my yeah. child is beating somebody up or saying mean things, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna correct that behavior as soon as I see it. The problem with the internet is kids get older, they have social media accounts, they have email. We as parents don't necessarily have access to that and we don't know until way too late that our child is either getting bullied or being a bully doesn't know the rules about what good interaction is, what digital citizenship should be, and they need help, just like they need help with everything else. They need guidance as they're getting started. We shouldn't expect them, you know, with their first Instagram account to already know the rules because they don't. And we're just kind That's of letting true. them go explore. Uh, and I'm asking parents to stay involved, even though it feels like uh, the internet is invisible and you can't see what your child is doing. There are tools so that you can see when they need help. And I'm not a proponent of uh, an app that has every keystroke for the parents to look at that their kids are doing. I don't think that's appropriate and that breaks trust, that violates trust. Uh, but there are apps where if there's an inappropriate picture or words come up that are bullying words or hate speech or sexual images, I get an alert as a parent. And that's when I need to intervene as soon as that happens instead of waiting to hear from the other parent that something bad happened or letting it blow up and perhaps affecting the rest of their lives. You're absolutely right. And I think that parents need to understand that this can happen anywhere. It can happen yeah. in their own home. It can happen while the child has, has their, uh, their cell phone on them during, you know, uh, maybe they're at recess or at lunchtime at school and they're allowed to have their phones during that time. It can happen at a friend's house. I'll give you just a quick example one of my son's friends, their family would not allow the kids of any age to have internet access on their phone. It was strictly for a cell phone, that was it. They thought their kids were safe. But when he was visiting my son, asked to borrow his phone. My son's phone has internet access. And this child looked up something very inappropriate. When my son realized what was happening, 
he quickly grabbed the phone and handed it to me and said, please take this off my phone, take the history off, whatever you have to do, delete it. And of course we did have a conversation with the family, but you can't unsee these things. And, you know, it could have just been curiosity. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. And even just looking at a video on YouTube, as you mentioned, there are advertisements and there are other uh, YouTube videos on the side that are enticing to watch. And it can just lead down a bunny trail. And we all know that depending on what terms the person who is Google searching searches for, anything can come up. That's right. And so what I'm seeing this, right though? now <laughs> is uh, this spring was not like any other spring we've ever had. Kids were home. We have a pandemic going on. Their whole lives were turned upside down. Nothing is normal. And schooling went online for most kids. Uh, a lot of their normal social things didn't happen. And that means they were probably on their screens more than ever summer same thing a lot of areas are still shut down uh, partially shut down um, parents feel bad about this and they're giving extra screen time or they're letting they're letting their standards slip a lot of parents i work with have pretty good standards when it comes to you know i limit my time and i want uh, my kids to limit their time too but right now what else can they do so i'm seeing um, parents right now are waking up and saying Ugh, we have gotten into a pattern where they just our, our kids grab their phones and they're on them for hours at a time this isn't how i want to raise my kids and we're having to reset up boundaries that they used to have but because of this craziness they've kind of slipped a little bit it's perfectly normal to be in that situation and it's not too late to take it back I think that's definitely a key that parents need to understand. It's never too late. You are the parent. You decide what works best for your family. I remember when uh, one of my children was reading stories on the internet and it seemed all very innocent. The stories were fine, et cetera. But after a while, there was just too much screen time and the attitude changed. It, it literally changed the personality of the child. So I think that there are a lot of cues that parents can start to kind of uh, pay attention to and wake up to. There's so many issues with the screen time and, and just being online. Children today are getting their validation from the internet, from social media. It's just not the way to go. We need to reverse that somehow. I encourage parents to collaborate with their kids. I think there's different kinds of screen time and some are amazing this this um creation time like if you have a youtube channel and you're editing and you're doing things where you're um exploring a future path to to video editing and things that's amazing i have one child who's interested in coding that's amazing too i feel like that's creative time that's looking forward and actually developing skills that to me is different than watching youtube video after youtube that's just consumption and you start to feel overwhelmed and not like you're, you're wasting your time. You start to feel like, what am I doing with my day? Um, so I feel like those are very different things. There's also connection that can really happen online, especially now. And I treat those three areas differently. And I encourage parents to talk to their kids about, you know, how they're using their time online. Who are they talking with? Who do they follow that's famous and why? That's a really interesting conversation. But just get curious about what your kids are doing. I agree. And I think that we need to realize is that back when I was raising my kids, that era of the internet, it was understood that everyone on the internet was not safe. We understood that. But 
today, everything you do has to do with internet usage. And it's just like anything else, we kind of get used to things and we forget some of the security features that we should be. Uh, again, used to be that there was an automatic distrust and caution. Matter of fact, even today, my son said he doesn't use his real name when he's in some of these online forums. That is a smart thing to do. There's no reason to give your real name or your real location for playing an online game or what have you. But we have to have these discussions with kids to understand that it's not just that someone, quote, could know who you are. It doesn't take much to know where you are today. I learned that when you post photographs on Facebook and social media, most of the time the default on your cell phone is to embed location data in that photo. Anyone can download that photo and just automatically know the location of your kids. Brandy, you have some experience with helping parents understand some of these little details that we just don't think about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the biggest things that I like to touch on is, you know, everyone goes on these trips to Disney World and things and they want to take pictures and post them immediately online. But that immediately tells everyone exactly where you are and where to look for you and your kids. Um, and Disney World is a place where everyone is safe, supposedly. And so we have a, a feeling of, uh, oh, I can let my kid kind of run around a little bit farther away from me than I might normally. Um, same thing with going to like the beach and things. Um, and then you're also telling people that your home is unoccupied. Um, and so that's another consideration as well. Um, you're opening yourself up to potential burglaries and things. So just being mindful of what exactly you're telling people. You can still post those wonderful vacation photos. Just post them after you get home. That makes a lot of sense. I've also seen things, uh, and, and yes, we are talking mainly about internet and posting and things like that. But parents also need to realize those little stickers that you put on the back of your car tells everyone where your child goes to school, how old they are, what grade they're in. You've basically just told them where to find your kid. You know, uh, yes, I've got an honor student in the 11th grade at XYZ Elementary School, right? And the same is true when you're having a sticker on your car. My spouse is, is a Marine, is you've just told the world what, Brandy? You've just told them that you are going to be alone for, for long periods of time. Um, the same thing can be said anytime we post something about, oh, we're halfway there, 34 days left. Um, you know, we, you know, we think only those in the know will know, oh, my husband's on deployment and he's coming back soon and I'm excited and that's wonderful. But you've just told people, okay, well, it's 34 days until he's coming back. So now you're home alone, potentially with kids. You don't want to be giving away that information. That means that you're vulnerable and an easy target. You don't want to make yourself that. Um, the other thing that I'll mention too, because you, you, you touched on this a little bit as well, on the back of your card, my favorite ones are the ones that have, you know, such and such dance academy and the child's name underneath it even. And so how easy is it for someone to walk into that dance academy and say, hi, I'm here to pick up so-and-so today. And then they've walked off with your kid and no one, no one even thought anything of it. So just something to keep in mind with, with the details that you place on, on not only your car, but then on the social medias, uh, because you can do the exact same things there, you know, posting pictures of your child's performances and things, you're making it easier for people to find them. That's right. I didn't even think about that, but it's very true. We do have to use a little bit of caution. But although we mentioned that, you know, it is a, an issue for military families, this same scenario applies to anyone whose spouse or significant other may be on the road for their business or 
you know, is a trucker. And even when you tell everyone with the sticker on the back of your car that your four children are in these schools, well, you've just told everyone else there's a really good chance you're at home by yourself for eight hours a day. Exactly. And then another thing that I'll just touch on, and I know it's not entirely related, but, um, you know, people love to um, they have dogs in their home and, you know, the mailman or whoever comes to the door and we, we say, oh, he's friendly. Stop saying that. <laughs> um, you don't need to let people know that your dogs are friendly. Like, he's okay when I'm around, it might be a better phrase if you need to reassure someone. Um, but be careful with even things like that, because you want to make sure that they're able to be the deterrent that you need them to be when they need to be that. Can we go back to Disneyland? Absolutely. I'm thinking about, okay, so even if the parents know to turn off the location, say they're on Facebook or Instagram, uh, so you've got two, two parents, hypothetically, maybe they know to do that. But do your kids also know and do that? It's one thing to know, and it's another thing to agree with what your parents are saying about turn off the location. Um, because sometimes it's fun to see who else is around you that you might know. Um, like Snapchat, the, the default is not private. And the default is I'm sharing my location all the time because part of the fun of that app is you get pinged when somebody that you know is close by. That's kind of cool and also kind of creepy, especially for parents. And back to the Disneyland idea, it's important to have your whole family on the same page with what we keep private. Maybe you share pictures individually with family members or a small group of people, but you don't need a location for anybody. You don't need that. And, and kids need to be aware of why that's important. That's true. And, you know, we don't want to put fear into our kids, but we want them to have a relative amount of caution. I will mention too that although, sure, everybody tells their kids, don't talk to strangers. But when you're out of your element, when you are in a different area, let's say you know that when you're going from your parents' house to the neighbor kid's house to play, that you make a beeline from point A to point B and mom's probably watching that you're gonna get there safely. But if you're visiting with a friend who's not in the neighborhood, or you're spending a weekend or all summer long with the grandparents, because you're in a different environment, all that stuff just goes out the window. You totally forget, because I've seen it. I've seen children whose parents say, there's no way he's gonna talk to a stranger. Yet we've done a test and we've seen how that child who knows darn good and well age six, not to talk to strangers. And the next thing you know, they're literally walking hand in hand with someone at a park, at a playground to help them find their puppy. So there are so many things. It, this is, it's not a safe world, but we don't want to put fear into them. We just want them to understand that not everyone is a friend and we have to be cautious. And it's about you using social media, not social media using you. That's the other thing is they're data mining everything that gets uploaded, everything that gets into their site, they're data mining. And let's be smart about what we give them. That's exactly true. You're 100% you're correct. Now, Lisa, we were talking about apps and being able to monitor our kids uh, on their phones or on their computer, or on their screens. How do we go about doing that in a way where it doesn't feel like we're invading their privacy because eventually we do want our kids to trust us right and we want to trust them uh, but it's about safety and how do how do we 
deal with that? How do we negotiate that kind of relationship and that arrangement? Such a good question. It happens over time and it happens one app at a time. So we start really slowly. First of all, we delay giving them a phone until they really need one. And that's different for different families. Uh, and then we monitor what they're doing on one app. When it feels like they've got a handle on that, we move to the next app. Um, I've got a great giveaway for everyone that includes my favorite tools to use for both filtering. This filter that I use allows me to turn off the internet for just one child. It allows me to set bedtimes so that the internet just doesn't work anymore uh, on a particular device or a person's profile. Uh, if someone hasn't done their chores, I get to pause the internet for that one child. It's awesome. Um, so the giveaway that I have will, will tell more about that. It's called Circle. The other one that I recommend to everyone is the monitoring piece. And I don't do this sneaky. This isn't the time to be a sneaky parent. This is me talking to the kids. My number one job as a parent is to keep you safe. That's my job. To do that, I need to see if, if one of your friends is suicidal or is sending you pictures that are not appropriate, or you're doing something that is against our family values. I want to know that so I can help you learn. If I can't see it, I can't help you. And you're a child, you still need my help. That's the agreement that we have about having a device. They don't get the device if I can't install this, this app called Bark. And uh, what happens is they, um, they sign up with their passwords for their different accounts. I do not get to see anything unless there's something inappropriate. And then I get a parental alert and I can say, you know, that's nothing. That's not a, you know, that's not a big deal in our family. Or I get a chance to talk to them because it is something and I can nip it right there and we move on. It's a great teaching tool. That is called Bark. And there'll be a link to that also in the, in the, the freebie. I think that's fantastic. And I, I think that uh, utilizing the tools that we have available is really important. And figure out what works for your family. I, I loved the description of, of those different apps that you have available to you that you've been using. I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, maybe I should use some of that for myself to turn off the internet so I can go to bed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. We're all navigating this new world where we are, we're plugged in and connected all the time. The average amount of times that we pick up our smartphones as adults, 150 times a day, 150 times a day. And here we are trying to teach the next generation how to not do that. So we also have to be mindful of what we're doing. Absolutely. I'll mention as well that um, the iPhone, I don't, I don't know if Samsung has these abilities as well, but um, iPhones recently came out with the ability to track this for yourself. So if you go in and you change your settings, you can tell it, okay, I want you to notify me when I've been on a particular app for a particular amount of time or shut it down after a particular amount of time. And you can also track your screen time so you can see that you've been on it for this many hours today. Or, and again, that how many times have I picked it up today? <laughs> um, and it is extremely enlightening and it will actually, um, it, it's definitely something that will get you to think about it before you reach to grab it again to check for the email the, the hundredth time <laughs> that day um, because you know you're being tracked. So it's something really interesting that, that is available now for us. Yes, that accountability piece. I recommend that families do that. It's, it's on both iPhones and Android phones, a little different looking, but it's free. And it does, it gives you some accountability and it makes you think, gosh, 
do I really need to pick it up again right now? Or can I delay for 15 minutes and know that it'll still be there? It's this awesome tool. That's right. It's all about, well, how much time have I really spent on this? Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, before we have our final notes, I'd like to ask our audience, if you've gained valuable information from this episode, please subscribe and leave a comment or a review. It'll help ensure that we can bring more episodes like this to you. So Lisa, do you have any final words or comments or uh, things that we might've missed today? I am so grateful to be a part of this conversation. I want to applaud parents for um, stepping up and thinking about how they can keep their kids safe online and um, start to unravel the, the battle, the, the screen time challenges that we have. We don't need to be in this power struggle. The more that we include the kids in the solution, the more they're going to take ownership and learn, as Brandy was saying, they need to start learning how to do this themselves. So over time, that's the goal is to create these humans who understand this is a tool we use. This is not our life. Uh, that's where I would love to leave it. I would love to connect with people at centerforonlinesafety.com. And uh, I will I will give you the link for the free gift as well. That'll have my two favorite apps and some starter points for where to start with online safety. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Lisa. And Brandy, would you like to say a few parting words to our audience? Sure. And thank you for having me on. My advice would be for parents to start thinking about a lot of the things they're doing in their own lives, their own social media. Um, like we talked about the cars and, you know, maybe even who, who I'm clicking to add a friend on social media, that's going to affect who's seeing pictures that I'm posting of my kids. So be mindful of all of that. Um, everything that we do affects our kids because it, it's access into their lives. So just something to keep in mind. Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the show. Please rate and review the podcast, download and share with friends. You can go to debtfreedegreepodcast.com for more info and free downloads. Once again, that's debtfreedegreepodcast.com. See you next time.